everybody. Welcome back to another podcast for No Regrets Marriage. I'm your host, Johnny Morton, along with my beautiful co-host. Oh, awesome. Carla. <laughs> After that introduction, yeah, all I get kind is of Carla. Me. Yeah, they kind of threw me. Yeah, sorry. But you are. Oh, that's very sweet, but thank you. Okay. Okay. Uh, hey, we're glad you're joining us. This will be our third uh, podcast on conflict and we're ending up this series and I, I hope that uh, I hope we've given you some insights and I hope today that we give you a few more tools on how do you deal with conflict in a healthy way we've already talked about just to sort of recap quickly conflicts inevitable in any relationship but especially marriage when you got two people living as closely as they do uh, we talked about the idea that marriage is the place that God uses to refine us, to mold us into his image, that whole principle of iron sharpening iron. And conflict is the one of the ways that he does that. That's where we learn to, uh, to serve. We learn to say no to our own selves and our own desires. We learn to really, I think conflict is one of the ways we learn to love each other in the way that God's called us to. Big question, though, is if the conflict is inevitable, how do we do it in a healthy way? Carla, real quick, just a quick summary. Last week, we talked about some of the unhealthy ways to do it. Just remind people of that, and then we'll jump into today. Um, we talked about that when you move into, instead of dealing with the issue, you start to criticize your spouse, um, and it becomes really an attack on them. We talked about the idea of that moving into usually what happens is then the other person becomes defensive, and so they may sort of project back on you, and then they're not really dealing with whatever their part of the conflict may be, so you don't really get anywhere. Then we talked about the danger of really moving toward contempt, which is really at the core of, I, I want to hurt you. I intend harm. And so it's really when we've gotten to a really bad place in our emotions and our behavior. And then we also talked about the stonewalling, where just people kind of cut the other one off. And it's a power play, but in such a dangerous way, because again, it's wounding, it's damaging, but you still don't get resolution. All right, so that's a summary of how you don't want to do yes. conflict. And, you know, I know there are times in our past when that's how we handled conflict, and we've learned much better now. I know we've seen it in the lives of other marriages that we've interacted with. And what we want to do is encourage you, if that's sort of been part of your pattern, how can you break out of it? If you're starting out, what are some things you can do so that conflict is dealt with in a healthy way? So the first thing we want to talk about today is what are some real boundaries that we can set up in relationships so that we don't run off on this emotional rail? And, you know, we've talked about before and we share with couples, these are the kind of things you want to do, not when you're in the midst of conflict, but really when things are going good, that you set up these guidelines, boundaries, parameters, whatever you want to call them, so that when conflict does arise, we can handle that in a really healthy way. Carl, why don't you start out? What's one of the ones that you've seen and one of the ones that we put in our relationship? Well, I think if you, you want to identify, you want to acknowledge that there's a conflict, 
That's first and foremost. This idea of not dealing with things never is beneficial. It never works out well. And there's a whole laundry list of stuff because of that, but just at face value to say you want to acknowledge there's a conflict. But then you may want to say... Well, part of that, uh, before we move on, I was just thinking, it just struck my mind. If If you go back to our first episode on conflict, we talk about sort of the 10 levels on, hey, how do you know when you need to, when can you say, hey, that's okay, and when do you need to deal with the conflict? So go back and listen to that if you haven't already. So go ahead, Carla. True. So again, some things, as Johnny said, you're going to let roll off your back. They're not going to be a, we need to talk about this. It's grace. It's mercy. We just let it go. We don't make everything be a big deal. But there are other things that happen that you need to deal with. So I think you acknowledge it. But if the timing is not right, meaning it is 1030 at night, you are both exhausted, you've just gotten the kids down or finished whatever house stuff, getting ready for the next day, and something happens or something comes back up or you're reminded about something that happened earlier and all of a sudden you're irritated and hot about it. That's probably not the best time. You're tired. You don't have a good time to do it. So maybe you acknowledge that I am frustrated about so-and-so and you make an agreement on we need to talk about this. Maybe you even set a tentative time, but you don't do it when you're exhausted at the end of the day. Okay. Yeah. And it always seems that a lot of times conflicts come up at not the best times. You're out to, yeah, yeah, you're out to dinner with somebody else. You're at your parents' house Um, on the way, getting ready for church in the morning. I've known people that the time they fight the most is in the car on the way to church. Oh yeah. That's, we have a number of people that say that. And so sometimes it's the timing. You don't have time to deal with it. Like I said, you're emotional, you're hungry, you're tired. Sometimes we are just emotionally, physically drained from either a work schedule or something that's going on in our lives. And so if we can try not to do it right then, that's probably wise. We tell that we talk about the idea of taking, like, if you're getting emotionally sort of charged up, the idea of like in basketball, when they say a timeout, when when the coach asks for a timeout, he has to say, how long a timeout he's asking for. So in essence, if you say to one another, look, I'm tired, I'm hungry, I can't do this right now, let's take a timeout. Let's, but we're going to come back to it. So again, you sort of, you can't timeout forever, amen. You got to say, we're going to go back, we'll talk about this in the morning, we'll talk about this tomorrow night, or whatever. Well, or even if, you know, I think sort of going to the timeout concept, I think even in the midst, like a lot of times, even though we don't want to, emotions get ramped up and we want to stay to be away from being controlled by our emotions. So when you catch yourself doing that, or sometimes you may see it in your partner, hey, it's okay. Hey, let's take a 10 minute timeout. Let's That's take true. a 30 minute timeout. That's it's not just those. Yeah. It's not just those inopportune times. It's even in the middle of, of a discussion. Yes. As so you're it dealing can be, with, it's a great time to use the timeout. It can be both of those places that you use that. So identify that you have an issue but decide if there are certain times that you need to time out, whether in the heat of the moment, so to speak, or because you don't have the time to deal with it and it's not going to end up going well. Okay. Uh, one thing that I think, and, you know, we've, we've used this, and I know we encourage other people to, you know, a lot of times there may be multiple things that are bothering you. Hey, focus on one thing at a time. Yeah. 
you know, sometimes a term I've used before is I call it kitchen sinking. You know, it's the idea of everything plus the kitchen sink. You just start piling on. And as you start thinking, all of a sudden you have all these other things that you realize, well, that bothered me and that bothered me. Don't do that. Yeah. Focus on one thing at a time. And then if there's other things, set up another time that you're going to talk about those. Yes. And this sounds sort of very scripted or, but y'all, it is so important that we do it, but you do it in a way that doesn't end up damaging, wounding, making scars on one another. Absolutely. Um, what else? What are some other just little tips as far as setting up boundaries that you think are really healthy and positive? And again, you as a couple, you come up with your own. Well, I think we, you know, we talked about, think about again, the significance of the issue. And that may sort of dictate when, where you need to do it. Think about if there's a, this sounds silly, but maybe, but is there a place in your house or a time or something where you seem to have more of your arguments or your conflicts? Then maybe we pick more of a neutral space to say, you know what, we're going into that area when we talk about so-and-so. And it may almost take some of the heat out of it if you end up going in the bathroom or the closet or something to talk about your issue. But maybe you find that you end up fighting in the kitchen all the time or you end up having your words in the right. kitchen or something like that. So think about where it's coming from and how you can sort of help control yeah, some of that a little bit. Yeah, almost what's a safe space. And, yes. and part of that is a lot of the things that you would talk about in just normal good communication and listening is how you get away from the TV. It's all phones are put up so you don't have those distractions. So you can just focus on what's going on between you and really come to a mutual agreement. How can we deal with this? You know, I think a couple of other things, and I think I th we got to be careful about that. I think there's certain terms or words that are off limits. Okay, yeah. Um, I think part of that is when you learn things that may be triggers or hot buttons for people, and maybe it's names or how you're just like your mother or, you know, something like that. As you learn those things, you know, there is a tendency to use those because we know it's going to get the person. Yeah. Those kind of things need to be off limits. Yeah, and you, and you need to talk about it, to, you know, early on again, as Johnny's saying, if you're early on in your relationship or you're trying to do a reset and say, you know, we haven't handled conflict well, what are some new boundaries we want to put in place? So if something is off limits because that's a tender area for your spouse, then you don't want to go there. Um, I think another thing, and this is the kitchen sink sort of idea too, but let's say there has been some other wounds, hurts, problems in the past. But let's say you've dealt with whatever that is, meaning you have had a chance to bring that to the surface. Everything about that has been dissected, talked about. There has been a asking of forgiveness. There has been a giving of forgiveness. And that now you have put behind you. What you want to try to be careful to do is not pull that back out. The challenge is our brains don't forget it. It's still there, but it doesn't mean we act on it. And forgiveness says, I'm going to, I'm not going to continue to treat you like you might, quote, deserve based on what you did in the past. That forgiveness says, I'm going to treat you as if that hadn't happened. I'm choosing to do that. So to bring that back up like the kitchen sink or throw in something else, you got to be really careful because then you get 
bogged down and you don't really deal with what your the issue is at the time. Yeah, we're gonna we're actually there'll be a podcast in the future talking about forgiveness because that can be such a struggle. I know for a lot of couples where there's been a lot of deep wounds yes, in there, but we'll sure. talk about in the future. All right, let's talk. We talked about setting up those boundaries, and again, it's what you decide. You come to an agreement together because you want to work it how it works for you. So in the time we have left, I want to talk about really three things that I think are helpful. One of them is really sort of a communication thing, and that's sort of really using I messages because so often conflicts comes because of not the greatest communication. And I know we've learned with us, I messages are important. Yes. Then we're going to talk about something we call withholds, and we'll share what that is. And then the last one we want to talk about is what we call the safe method. And I think those are three things that if if couples will put those into practice, if they're not already doing that in some form, you may find a lot of couples already are, they've sort of figured that out for their relationship. But for new couples and couples that may be looking, hey, what are some ways that we can really do this whole thing a little more healthy way, then I think those are some good things. Talk about iMessages, Carla. iMessages, again, are coming from the premise of I'm talking about how this situation makes me feel. And I'm not throwing you under the bus. I'm not criticizing you. I'm simply saying when this happens, this is how this makes me feel. Because it's hard to argue with someone's feelings or their perception of what happened. It is how they feel. Yes. And that way, by focusing on yourself, and especially if you're the party that feels offended or upset, there's a good chance, and especially ladies, there's a good chance your guy has no clue that he's done anything that might have upset you or anything. And so for you to come out and just immediately tell him how insensitive and how mean or how careless or he just doesn't love you, he may be totally thrown off track because you've never really said, man, this is the way that I feel. Well, and that is so true. And I think, again, framing what, um, was this what we were talking about? Is this what you wanted me to say, sort of the X, Y, Z? Was that what you were asking me or no? No, we're not getting there yet. I was just talking about, it's just so important that, you know, almost going back to those negative ways, that it really is bringing it home to the situation and what you're feeling. Yes, and again, what you're trying to do is you own your feelings and then explaining that to the other person really in the hopes that then they have an opportunity to sort of see how maybe, maybe that will open their eyes to say, oh, well, that isn't what I meant at all, but now that you're telling me that, I can maybe see that that would have made you feel that way. I mean, sometimes they honestly may be such different perspectives and almost a misunderstanding. There wasn't really malice. Yeah, we talk about that miscommunication that leads to conflict. And so sometimes you can clarify by using that I message. Yeah. Let's talk about So that I think that's important because that's really sort of a communication issue, which we've said before. Poor communication is going to get you in trouble a lot of times. It leads to a lot of conflict. And, you know, I think we've really seen, especially with us, the better we communicate, 
just about everything from schedule and expectations and desires and needs and wants, the less likely we are to run into some conflict down the line with that. We really, in so many areas, did not do this well at all. And I misread a lot of your, quote, behavior that I read as, or in my perspective, Perspective of it. Yeah, you interpreted said, it totally negative. Yeah, this way. is negative. He's unkind. He's being selfish. He's being insensitive. And you were just being a man. Being a man. I yeah, think. that's a. That, go back to the men versus men women episode. Men versus women, yeah, thing. All right. I think one other one, and this is one, Carly, you shared with me, and we've used it a lot in our coaching, and that is the withhold. So can you. Explain withholds, withholds. to okay. us. Okay, withholds, and that um, you can have positive and negative withholds. A withhold is sort of the idea of something that doesn't get said. So let's say that you um, you realize as you're on the way to work this morning that your spouse had, you know, done something for you that helped out, or they'd, you know, something in. About they used your car and didn't leave you with any gas. No, the, oh, okay. Because we've done that. Oh, you want to start that one? Yeah. Okay. I've done that to you. I oh, know. yes, you have. And so, and that's something that you may be upset about then, but you've gone to work and we're not going to see each other at the end of the day and you may not even think about it. Right. Okay. Right. All right. So that would be like a negative withhold. I have a negative something I need to talk to you about. Okay. The On the other hand, you can have sort of the positive ones where let's say that you do think of something flits through your mind during the day and you're like, oh man, I need to tell them I really appreciate them running by the pharmacy and get my medicine last night. But you forgot to say it because you just got caught up and you meant to intentionally verbalize thanking them, but you just didn't do it. So a withhold, like I said, can be positive or negative. So what or can be both. So we tell couples Every single week, we really kind of encourage them to do it weekly, especially as you're getting started with this. And what you do is you take just a couple of minutes and you each get to do it, but you give two positive withholds and then you do one negative if you have one. So the two positives, again, might be thank you for picking up from my pharmacy, something else. It's just a thank you, appreciation, just something along that lines that you did not verbalize maybe already. The negative withholds is where I say, Johnny, this morning I got in the car and there wasn't any gas in the car and it was on empty and I was already running late and I had to be at the hospital at a certain time. That made me feel, and then I say what it made me feel. It made me feel unloved, uncherished, unappreciated. No, may not unappreciated, but okay. So it made me feel several things. Now, the only thing Johnny can say when I say that, he get he just he can't really say anything. Basically, yeah, I can't, yeah, I can't respond. The one that is receiving the withhold, the two positives and the one somewhat negative. They can't say anything for 30 minutes. Yes, and that's the idea that you don't get defensive and you don't explain why you didn't put gas in the car, which is probably only going to ramp up that thing. So all I get to do is just tell you that. Okay, so then you flip it, and then the other spouse says the same thing. So it's two ideas. One, it helps us consciously, intentionally speak positive, affirming things into our spouse's lives week in and week out and we sometimes mean to but y'all intentions honestly 
are not any good if they're not done. They're just not. It's one of those sayings that sounds good that you intended to do so-and-so, but if we don't, it doesn't really work. So the other piece is you allow those things that are little nuances, little negatives, little things that can eat away, you go ahead and get them out and you don't let them build up. Yeah, it's like we think about it, and I've talked about it often, is either you, you want to clear the ashes out of the fireplace, you want to pick up all the crumbs so they just don't keep building and building up and then cause bigger problems later. It's a way to minimize, to deal with things that may have bothered you just a little bit. It's a way to speak positives into somebody. But if you do it on a regular basis, it's just a great communication tool to really keep things so you don't have these things that sort of fester and then all of a sudden they build up and you erupt at something over that. All right, let's finish up with the last one. And this is sort of one we sort of hinted at somewhat the idea at the end of the first conflict podcast, and that's you called it XYZ. So we've sort of transformed this into something else and we're calling it really the safe method. And real quick, uh, safe method stands for one situation the A for action, F for feeling, and E for empathy. So Carla, talk about it because you're the one who really, you've done this with me a lot and it's really made things better as far as us being able to not get into real emotional conflicts, but you just saying- You mean heated? Yeah. Okay. You just saying things. I'll give you a perfect example and then you can sort of explain the idea behind it. Uh, this is one, and I guess this is fresh because this was just several months ago and we'd gone off with some friends and something that somebody else said just really irritated me. It just sort of struck a nerve and I reacted badly towards Carla, towards you. And I said something off time. It's my tongue that gets me into trouble. The things I say, the way I say it, it's one of those things that got out of my mouth Soon as it was, I knew, ooh, I'm in trouble. I'm going to pay for that one. And you didn't respond. You didn't react. You were calm and kind, although I knew that I knew that I'd hurt you. And, and then you got up, and it was late, and you said, okay, I'm getting ready to go to bed. So what did you do when you went downstairs, went to bed? I wrote you a note, and I told you how when that situation occurred, and then you said what you did, how it made me feel. And I just wrote it on a piece of paper and I laid it on your pillow. Yeah. And I came in and I think I actually did come crawling into the room, um, an act of submission because I knew I was in the wrong. But when I looked at that and I read that, my immediate sense was not anger, it was empathy. Because by doing that, by explaining, hey, when this situation happens, when you travel out of town, and then you get the action, and you don't call me, it makes me feel like you really don't care. It makes me feel neglected. It makes me feel I'm not important. And if we can do that, and we say that in a way we're not attacking the person, I think the normal reaction a lot of times is an immediate empathy because we can identify with that. If it was me in that situation, I would probably feel the same way. 
And, and, and the beauty of the SAFE method is, one, it's a safe way to express hurt and frustration, but it's not attacking the person. It's creating a thing saying, hey, in this situation, when you do this action, this is the way it makes me feel. And I think so often when we do that, man, it immediately creates just an empathetic spirit in the other person. Now, it's not always going to work. You know, sin often keeps us from that. And oftentimes we get into those other things of defensiveness and attacking and all of that. But boy, you start doing this and relating that on a regular basis. And I think it's a really, really powerful way to de-escalate conflict. You have a chance to share your emotions and your feeling about it. And then it's in the other hands of the other person. Yeah. And it was, it was sort of interesting when I did it that way, that it just, it allowed me to, to sort of say what I needed to say, but then I could let it go. And then, and then it's really the other person's to deal with as they choose. And hopefully for two believers, that allows the Holy Spirit to also maybe really help bring some revelation of what's true in that situation. So three quick things that I hope if I hope they'll be used to you. Hey, using eye messages, not attacking character, but just focusing on you. Practicing withholds on a weekly basis, but really doing that safe method. And, and I really know for us, if I had to say out of one of those things, Carla using the safe method is so much done to deflate any defensiveness or anger or anything I ever have. And just a simple thing, she doesn't attack me. She just says, hey, when you did this, this is the way it made me feel. And it has been incredibly powerful, I know, in our relationship. Conflict is inevitable, folks. Fighting's not. Doing damage is not. God can use conflict if we do it right to really build and strengthen our marriage in a way that not a lot of other things can because we come through it together and we can look back on a victory we had and you build on top of that. Any last words, Carla, other than saying goodbye? No, I'll say goodbye. All right. Y'all keep on forging.